Perfecto! Welcome to a special edition of No Choftes. I'm Stel, as you know. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Don't forget to hit that like. Smash it. Smash the like. Senseless. Now, someone smashed our stream yesterday. And I don't want to go into that. I'm not going to talk about it. Before I bring in our guest, just want to talk briefly about the press conference that was held earlier. Nothing really much to say because... Everything that JJ said, I expected him to say, talking about the Cypriot League, talking about the club, doing his research, blah, blah, blah. Some journalists even had the temerity to ask him, which players are you looking at? Come on now. Don't be silly. But anyway, we'll delve into this a little bit later. I'm going to bring in our guest. He is a Balkan football expert. He's going to tell us all about Novica Erakovic. Richard Wilson, welcome to the show, mate. How are you doing? I'm good, good yourself, man. <laughs> yeah, all good, all good. Thank you for joining us at short notice. I know um, I sent you that message yesterday evening, and you, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time out to to talk about this new signing who we haven't unveiled yet or announced. So it's all conjecture at the moment, but it looks like he's joining Ormonia. What, what can you tell us about the lad? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, you don't often see anyone really bought out of the Montenegrin league because. It's a terrible league. Um, not to put too fine a point in it, but Irakovic is a player who's been a step above it for, I would say, a couple of years. I started following him, um, scouting him in 2020. Um, so, and in that time, he's evolved his play. Uh, when I first started watching him, you know, we were looking at him really as a, a proper anchorman of a midfielder. Over the past 18 months, he's moved further and further up the park. And you'd be able to see that with you know a quite incredible return. Uh, it was 14 assists this past season. Um, I think you, you, you do have to caveat that with Montenegro is one of the worst leagues in Europe. But this is a player who was being followed by sides in France, followed by sides in Belgium. Um, I think he's chosen quite well to move to Cyprus um, because it's not so much of a step up that it risks being back in Montenegro in two years' time, which is what we see a, a lot with young players from the region. Um, but it's still, a, it's still a big step up and it's still a big challenge for him to develop, to reach that level. The thing is, there are lots of questions surrounding not only the player, but how the deal has come about. Because Cyprus is a very, uh, what's the word, explosive uh, region when it comes to transfers. We've seen many clubs throughout every summer, they will release 10-11 players and bring in 10-11 players. Omonia, our structure has been very strange recently in terms of the, the type of players we've brought in. A lot of questionable signings, a lot of questionable departures, a, a lot of questionable decisions made all around the club. So when this news broke yesterday, it came as a surprise, obviously, because this player wasn't a name on anyone's list. No one knew who this guy was. We still don't know who he is. But also, when we look about the look at the personnel that we have in that area, not only defensive midfield, but from a from an attacking perspective. At the moment, well, prior to Monday, we had Mix Discarud, who's since been released. Fouad Bashiru, that's been a revelation for us. He came from Malmo. Kasama was our uh, big money signing last summer for a million. He's flat to deceive so far. Then there's the two Cypriots, Gusolo, our captain, and, and Humbo. 
Then we have Roman Bezos that played in, in Belgium as, as effectively he's, he's our number 10 now. So this player that we're, we're, we've apparently signed, looking at, listening to what you just said about him playing as possibly a number six or number eight. Number one, we don't know how he'll be deployed. And number two, the, the, as you quite rightly said, in terms of the, the quality, how will he perform in Cyprus? Um, I mean, it's a, I think it's a very low risk bet. Um, you know, his performance, both as a holding midfielder and you know, deployed further up the park of the past 18 months, has been more than good enough to deserve a chance outside of Montenegro. Now, I, I, I was expecting him to go to France. I know there were clubs in league two that were that were after him, um, which. To me, as, as, as I say, makes it a bit of a, a strange move, um, purely because it's not hoop where I expect them to go. You, if, when you see players move from Montenegro, they tend to go into big youth systems, or they're going to Central Asia um, to, you know, get paid an awful lot of money in, in some oil state, um, of which obviously Cyprus is neither. Um, but as I say, I think it's it's very low risk. You know, the the salary demands that you would have from Arakovic will be extremely low um, compared to anyone else you'd be able to get in that uh, in that area. Like you obviously mentioned Discarude and others, um, you know, he will be on a far less than half the salary. Um, so as a, as, a, as a cheap bet to develop that a little bit and become um, the player that they want him to be you know, in terms of being a first teamer, I, I think that's a very sensible bet to make. Uh, and it's one I'd be making. Uh, in, in their position too, uh, albeit I say that as a very big fan of the player. Um, and it's a region you, know, you want to have you, you, your fingers in, to, to be honest, because there are really only two clubs in, in Montenegro that are any that are any good in terms of Budapest and Suceska. And being able to get into that market quite early, having those levels of contacts in, in the region. And you know, by having the contacts in Montenegro, then you're able to improve your links in Serbia as well. It's a positive thing for, for a market move for the club. In terms of fitting in into the side, you know, it, it's it's the move I wanted to see him make. So he's going to be able to get that exposure potentially at conference league group stage. Um, and then just at the sharp end of another table, I mean, what you don't want to make as a, a move for a young player developmentally is you make a move to a side that's struggling, maybe um, to a side that's more focused on keeping things out, being very structured. Um, you want to be able to be in a side that's going to have possession. that's going to be able to dominate games and be able to, develop you in a in, in a more relaxed atmosphere and i think that's that's the reason he's made this particular move um because rather than getting lost and we see we see a lot of players from the region get lost in big youth academies he's going to be getting first team football um you know like i say there's plenty of options in that in that area of the park for you but you know certainly if, if he's getting 10 appearances from the bench across the season yes that might not seem like much but that's probably more than he would get if he was moving into uh, into a larger system in western europe i've been watching some clips on youtube and it's very difficult to gauge how talented a player is based on youtube because they can make any player look like messy i'm not gonna lie great filters all that kind of stuff but (laughs) What I did notice, there was two things. First of all, his his anticipation. He it's almost as if he can read a pass to intercept. And the second thing is his his one touch pass. 
he's very good at switching balls from left to right and right to left in terms of his, his feet. So I think this is something that's very important for the Cypriot League because especially on transition, when you're playing on the counter-attack, you need that that player that has got that in him. So in terms of his overall ability, what do you think are his key strengths? I think you've, you've picked it out there well. Um, is, is that ability to anticipate anticipation, but then also his ability to process the ball quickly. Um, you know, and that's probably is why he's been so effective this past season because he's got those skills of an anchorman of someone who's been, I say, a number six sitting behind the midfield, and the focus of his role has been, you know, cutting out through balls, um, getting stuck in with physical challenges because it is a very physical league in, in Montenegro. But then also moving that ball, cycling it through to attacking players more quickly. Now, when he's moved up the park, say that those skills in cycling, in recycling the ball, you're winning it higher up the park. You're able to move it to the actual the wingers rather than the fullbacks, and get the side onto a, a positive footing far more quickly. Um, it's obviously helped this past season. You know, They've had uh, a striker in Tyrone Conrad at uh, Suchesca who scored a ridiculous amount of goals. And you know, it always makes creative midfielders' life a lot easier when you're able to rely on the person in front of you to actually put the ball in the back of the net. Um, but you know, I would imagine you know, moving up the league, the request for him from a, from a coach perspective will be more on the defensive abilities of his game rather than necessarily the attacking ones. I think you know, the attacking ones are probably um, not necessarily um, given a bit too much hype because, like you say, of YouTube videos. But I think they're probably given a bit too much hype because of just the level of opposition he was playing against. Um, I, I do see him long term as a holding midfielder, and there's, there's no doubt about that. Um, but having those abilities, I'd say, to move that ball around quickly means that if he's needed to step up, step in further up the park. Than, he, than he's able to. And, you know, as I say, being able to get that development through first-team appearances uh, at, at this level is something that's also going to solidify him into the national team setup going forward. He's always got already got four caps and has looked perfectly capable at, at that international level. Um, and there's space for him in, in the national team to you know, really make a place his own there for the next decade. Well, it's quite interesting that you mentioned not only the national team, but also his position long term. Because again, going back to those clips and I, part of those clips I've seen, he kind of reminds me a bit of Nemanja Matic, you know, in terms of his distribution and as I said, the, the, the intercepting and, and the movement protecting the back four. So he's got that awareness to spray a 20 yard uh, crossfield ball, which which is great, you know, especially when we're playing with wingers, but also for the national team and as we know, with our club anyway, we like to hold on to players that represent their national team, regardless of how good or how bad they are, because we know the club makes money from players going on international duty. But on the flip side, I see this player as one of those money ball effect kind of individuals in the sense that we'll, we'll get him developed and then sell him on to perhaps a club in France or Belgium, which... We've done, we sold a player last year to Sporting Kansas and we've had younger players go to Eintracht Frankfurt, etc. So I think ideally for us, we'll have him, we'll develop him, we'll get him some good games, some good statistics to build him up. And that way we can 
possibly sell him on. But Richard, based on your experience knowing that league and people within that league, I'm trying to understand how this move actually came about because we don't actually have a scouting system. I'll be honest with you. We've got we've got a sporting director now, but we haven't really had a scouting system. So are we talking about agents possibly getting involved? Because we do have players from uh, the Balkan region playing for us. So do you think there's a connection there? Do you even know who his agent is? I, I'm in, I'm intrigued to find out more about this. It's, it's a it's a it's a bizarre one, a good one, but it's a good it's a bizarre one. <laughs> yeah. Um I, mean, I think it's certainly helped that he's free. Um and that sort of has been has been his situation for the past couple of seasons as well. Um it's come to the end of the season, his contract's been up and then from an agent's perspective, he's been looking around seeing, you know, do I have an option there or is my best option staying here? And I think they've taken it on a very short termist level. Um, I mean, from working in the region, it is very, very, very much agent-led um, and much more so than it is club-led. So it's quite, you have to have those those links um, to, to really get ahead, particularly particularly Montenegro and, and the Southern Balkan states as well. I mean, not just Montenegro, but also Albania, if you're looking at Kosovo as, as well. It tends to be very, very interlinked in terms of who's doing business there. Um, and having that, you know, having that Rolodex of um, of telephone numbers is, is a really big, big help because at the end of the day, most of the transfer business nowadays is just done on WhatsApp. Um, that, that's oh it, yes yeah thank you because i've been telling these lot for a long time that i've seen whatsapp messages from our vice president asking for specific players in specific positions so yeah here you go thank you for reinforcing that theory <laughs> you're, upon. Very, you. you're very welcome um <laughs> i mean particularly when you go in cross country though um you know you have to have that that link 24 7 uh to be able to to be able to speak to people before you are necessarily making the direct contact with clubs uh, and things like that because you, know, you from a scouting perspective you're not just looking at you know is someone a good player you're looking at someone is someone a good personality as well um which you know again with the, with the record which there's absolutely no real dispute about that in it you know he's not someone who's going to embarrass the club or, or anything like that and also you know from as you, as you say from separate football can be quite explosive you know that's something that if, if you're in the Balkans, you know, <laughs> you're playing in big rivalries. Um, you know, Suchewska versus against Budushnos is, you know, it's not a rivalry that immediately pops up to most people's minds, but it is a very big game locally. Um, and it brings out the lunatics. <laughs> I think if we're entirely honest. Um, yeah, I haven't seen Cyprus yet, that. mate, honestly. I haven't seen Cyprus yet. <laughs> So he's. Um, so I, th- I think he'll have a bit of knowledge of knowledge of what to expect. I mean, hopefully, it is something that you're able to see the club use going forward. Not necessarily in, in Montenegro. I don't think there's that many um, breakout players there. Um, you know, we saw it last season with um, Chikanovic going from Budapest to, uh, to to Sweden. Um, as a similar player, I had someone um, asking me about um, another player at uh, Suchewska as well. Uh, Tunisian lad, uh, Saidi Wali, I think about that right, um, in terms of him potentially moving on as well. But there are, um, how, how I like to describe them as immature leagues in the region, you know, your mm. Albanias, your Kosovo's, where there's actually some really good players there. But because, you know, 
it's not necessarily been that stable a place for that long. What you tend to see is people haven't really gone in there from a scouting perspective to look at it too much yet. Um, so whereas it probably would settle maybe at around the level of a Montenegro, you know, in your coefficient table, you know, on the edge of being in those preliminary rounds of the Champions League uh, or not. Um, for now, you still have players who are a level up in those leagues. Um and we've seen a lot of them be successful in, in, in Turkey, in particular, Valmir Value, Jepmir Tepali uh, from, from Kosovo for two, um, and uh, Julian Shkuka going from uh, Partizani to Mets uh, this, this year as well. You know, there's definitely value to be had there. There's definitely the, the talent there to be, for it to be worth looking. There's just, <laughs> there's an awful lot of rough there to have to find the diamonds. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I guess it's the same with most regions. And there's a comment here from Mario. He said, if I'm not mistaken, uh, JJ, our sporting director, said he knew the player in today's press conference. I, di- I didn't hear that bit, but, you know, maybe you did. Maybe I skipped past it because they were talking a lot of waffle a lot of the time anyway. Um, but, you know, this to, to put things into perspective, uh, Richard, our new sporting director came from Hammarby in Sweden. <laughs> So if he's aware of the player, and I know you mentioned moments ago that there is a player that's gone to Sweden from the, the yeah. league in Montenegro. So from yeah. yeah. So there, there is that awareness that these players, mm-hmm. so perhaps it was uh, a Jesper Jansen uh, signing, which is looking good for us. But the question I will ask, and this isn't me trying to be a pessimist or a skeptic in any way, shape or form, <laughs> But you said that there were French clubs looking at the player. And I'm one of these people where I say, well, if this player is so good, why hasn't he joined these clubs that were supposedly interested in him? Because these these clubs are bigger than Omonia. Let's get it right. Let's call it like it is. So why did he not end up in France? Why has he ended up at Omonia? That's a very good question. Um, and... If I had the portal into his brain, um, uh, I, th- I think I think the answer is development. Um, you know, I think there are so as a hint to there's so many warnings um, of players moving from the region going to France, and then you just end up getting lost because at the end of the day, we know if if you're coming through an academy in France, let's say you've had absolutely brilliant coaching from twelve, thirteen, all the way through to twenty-one. And if you're coming in from somewhere that's not had that coaching, you've got the culture shock, for one, um, it, it, that's going to be a damage to adjusting. And then you've also got to adjust to having those new great facilities and having a place where the floor is much higher than it than it is in, in these smaller leagues. And I think that's it's been such a big hindrance to a lot of players, you know, and not just um, you know, for Irakovic moving on, but you know you can name like Bruno Pekovic, who has obviously scored in the Nations League uh, finals tournament. Before he was at Dinamo, he was at uh, I think it was Verona, and was brought in there young, and he just had to get out because he wasn't developing in the way he was. And when he was originally signed for Dinamo, people were like, "Why are you bringing this guy in? He's spent years in Italy, basically just sat on his backside playing Call of Duty." Um, but you need those you right. As exactly. you do. <laughs> yeah. But you need those. One of the big things for players is to have that presence of mind to know what development environment you need to be in, and to have that advice. You know, a lot of people are getting the advice: move early and let's see if we can get you know you've got a short career, get the money while you can, 
And if you get something going really, a really good deal going for yourself in maybe Serie B, League 2, then you can get noticed. But the competition's much harder and they don't tell you that bit before you make the move. Um, so I think that, I think that's the key for me, for me, is knowing that he's going to be able to take, firstly, a, a step up in level um, to improve his own development, but then also a step up in level where he's going to get game time. To, to improve his development. And that's what you need between 18 and 22 is just playing games um, and having that match intelligence. I think that's such a key reason as to why, you know, Jesper Hansen indicating that he's scouts in that region. He does it quite often, you know, Alios and Matko went from Slovenia to Hammerby not too long ago um, and came back a couple of years later, a better player for it. Um, but, you know, you're getting players who are, Arakovic's age, who've got 100 appearances under their, cap, under their hat already. And you cannot teach first-team football on a training pitch. At, at the end of the day, you can't teach the speed. You can't teach the, the speed of mind. And that, to me, is what really separates the great players from the very good players, um, is having that game intelligence to have the presence of mind where you're able to make those decisions more quickly and make those decisions more correctly more often. Um, and that's where that gradual development and knowing that you're going to be able to get appearances for Irakovic. Yeah, I mean, that that's almost sort of like a little philosophy. <laughs> philosophy no, I, I appreciate it, honestly. It's, <laughs> it's, it's incredible because the thing is, mate, I, I'll be honest with you, we, we do things very different on this podcast to everyone else in Cyprus. I, I'm based in London, but obviously our viewers at the moment, all 37 watching live on YouTube, they, they're out in Cyprus and, you know, every time we sign a player, I try to bring on someone that knows about them. So, for example, we've had Roman Bezos when he's joined us. I've got Andrew Todos from the Ukrainian Football Podcast. Mm-hmm. So we try to do things a bit different, match previews. If we're playing a team in Europe, like we've got Gabala in the in the Conference League qualifiers. I've got a journalist from uh, Azerbaijan. So we do things very different. And to hear your perspective and your thoughts, it's much more, um, what's the word, uh, knowledgeable it's much more informative than other journalists would perhaps do in, in cyprus rather than just looking on transfer mark no disrespect to them i know it's different it's, it's very difficult to get that information so what you're doing is providing our our viewers with the information that they need to know more about this player because clearly is an exciting prospect knowing his age he's not a 31 year old player that plays you join the cypriot clubs you know they're usually at the tail end of their careers and whatnot so we're signing a player that's got uh, a lot of potential and a lot of ability by the sound of it. Now, I was talking to uh, a coach that, that was at Stuyetska. He's now coaching in Libya at the moment. And he told me about the player's personality. He said he's a great player, but he's also he's a fantastic guy. Now, knowing that he is a, a top bloke, we're not going to have a, a, a hoodlum in the squad, put it that way. And I think it's also going to help him that we do have players that are from a similar region. We've got Miletic that is from Serbia. We've got Adam Lang from Hungary. We've got... Lesiak's from Czech Republic. I think they might be the only three players from that part of the world that we have in the squad now. And I think for, my, for, for Militic, just with you mentioning, you know, um, one of the clubs who was sort of quite for a long time linked, and I know he's been on trial there. He, he'd been on trial at Partizan. So they probably have actually crossed paths with each other in the past um, from, you know, sort of from those younger levels. And there you go. It's going to help. And I think also there's a lot of lot more Balkan players in Cyprus and they all talk to each other. Some of them actually live in the same uh, uh, apartment building, 
You know, it's quite it's quite funny because I was speaking to one of them. He said, "Yeah, this one lives on the first floor. That one lives on the third. <laughs> they just they just meet up. So it, it, it's it's great. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what the future holds for this player. I don't expect him to come into the team and hit the ground running. As I said, we we've got a plethora of talent in the middle of the park. So I'm interested to see his game time, how much he'll play, who he'll play against, how he will play. So, yeah, I think right now we're coming to a, a different stage in the club's history. We had issues up until the back end of last week. I mean, I don't know if you know, Richard, but our president resigned uh, last week due to outside influences, be it the association at the club. But they've apparently resolved their issues and he's coming back. And it's great for us because he's pumped money into the club. And he even said when he resigned, you owe me 16 million and I think that put them that, that made their made their asses fall out. So they had to react. So, you know, him coming back potentially, which I guess is going to happen. JJ bring, coming in, being being announced, signing a player straight away, and apparently a couple more signings are going to be announced announced in the coming days. So it's looking positive. And I think for the player, his development, he's at the right club. We we have been known to produce players not only from the academy but to bring in players get them developed and and move them on so yeah i've got some questions here actually which i'm going to bring up from the from the views i'm not going to take up too much of your time because i know you're a busy guy and uh, i appreciate you coming on it's all right uh, let's let's have a look um he'll be having his medical in the evening unless another zay inside we're not going to talk about lamp zay again mario we can't do this like, this is done this this is a player that came over to cyprus richard he was meant to have mm -hmm. a medical with us he came to cyprus the club announced that he's coming to cyprus he went into the hotel, changed his mind. The club got pissed off. He left. So anyway, anyway. Uh, Richard, how would you describe his personality? The player's personality. Yeah, I mean, you've hinted that. I mean, one of the things that you go through as a scout, particularly when you're trying to gauge someone, is just pouring through their social media and doing a bit of stalking, um, which isn't Standard. necessarily. Standard. Yeah, it's not necessarily a very positive thing for us to be doing, but you know, you can tell a lot. Um, by doing it and generally the negative stuff tends to jump out pretty quickly there's never been any suggestion that he's anything other than a model professional um, and yeah I think even you, know, you you just look at the guy he's very clean cut um, and you know, he's sort of come through he's, he's come through a, a level where you, you have to have that sort of talent that sort of personality to be able to to get through and to have the common sense to actually know what moves to make. I think the fact that he's stayed in Montenegro that little bit longer isn't necessarily a, a judgment on his playing ability. I think it's more a, a judgment on knowing, uh, having a single mindedness, having a drive, and and knowing what he wants. I think you tend to the players you tend to see go very early are the players who also tend maybe not to be. The most mature well put it this way he's still young and cyprus has a few distractions <laughs> although look i'll be honest with you this club the camaraderie within the camp has been incredible since this head coach came in february he's completely uh, rejuvenated the squad he's galvanized them all right our league campaign wasn't great but we won the cup which no, we had to win it because it, we're not winning anything would have been a disaster for us, not only financially, but in terms of the, the, the future of the club. Mm -hmm. So I think he's joining a club where we're on a high at the moment. Things appear to be back on track. There's stability, or so it seems. There's a structure, or so it seems. 
which is more than what we can say. You know, we were saying this a year ago, what the hell's going on with this club? And finally, it looks like we're getting somewhere. So I think for his personal needs in terms of settling at the club, he's not at a club where it's dysfunctional. So it seems, again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, there's plenty of dysfunction dysfunctional clubs in in the Balkans. I mean, everyone lives with a a lot of debt and um, a lot of uncertainty in terms of whether your salary is coming in at the end of the month, um, which is, it has been a big thing throughout throughout the region, particularly in Serbia. We're not that far away from, I think it was Fifth Pro once came out and said to to players, don't sign in Serbia, you won't get paid. Um, And Montenegro is poorer football environment than Serbia so similar replies and that's not for a lack of hard work behind the people running the clubs that's just it's just the nature of things unfortunately unfortunately great stuff mate well Richard thank you ever so much for your time really appreciate it I'm pretty sure you have one eye on Omonia this season just (laughs) I I will do yes (laughs) (laughs) lovely well boys and girls if you're on social media follow Richard on Twitter at H-Y-F-P-R-W you have a Yugoslavian football yep. history podcast. Yeah, so I'll give you a chance just... to plug that. I didn't give you the chance at the beginning. I've got my apologies. I'm <laughs> sorry, right. my manners. <laughs> um, it's just the history of Yugoslav football podcast, um, which is more than just history. Going through um, football in the region from actually, the 19th century to the 21st, and then also a lot of talking about just what's going on in the region as a whole, um, from Slovenia all the way down to North Macedonia and Kosovo. Um, covering what's going on at the minute, and generally, there's quite a lot of nonsense going on. So, um, <laughs> I think I, I think for Cypriot uh, football fans, there's probably quite a bit of kindred relatable. spirits there. Yes, <laughs> it'll, it'll be relatable. It'll be relatable. Well, boys and girls, I've put the Spotify link in the live chat. I'm going to put it in the description again here, guys. You can see it's right here. It's all numbers and this and that. But the, as you can see, there's the proof that I've put it there. So feel free to to subscribe to it. How how often do you record, Richard? Um, whenever I have. A spare minute, Time. which is generally quite um, <laughs> quite sparse <laughs> at the minute, but um, understandable. Yeah, hopefully, getting better. I think I've got the unfortunate problem that basically every league is starting on the twenty first of July this year. So, trying to get season previews done for everyone is going to uh, it might kill me. Um, <laughs> trying to do Blimey. it in one go. <laughs> and do do you collaborate with other podcasts as well? Do you do crossover shows and everything? Um, I've not um, at, at this point. I mean. Tr- do try and get um, stuff from coaches in the region uh, and things like that, but it tends to be more um, like this um, when you see okay. players from the region moving because, because, like you say, it's a region which isn't really covered very well um, in in English, in spite of the fact that almost everyone in the region speaks English. English um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, there's that big contradiction, uh, but yeah, because it is a region, people don't really know things about. Um, as, uh, as you say, um, having myself available who is sad enough to to watch a few hours of <laughs> of low quality Balkan football a week um, is, is nothing always wrong handy. with that, mate. There's yeah, exactly. nothing wrong with that. As long as you enjoy doing what you're doing, well, Richard, mate, it's thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. This is what I keep saying. I'm not one of these Premier League snobs. When people talk to me about, about the Premier League, I just switch off. I can't be bothered. Yeah, can't be bothered. Exactly. I'd rather watch A League. I'd rather watch the Australian League. For me, anyway, it's more hey, goals. Nothing wrong with the A League. It's an, on at a nice time in the morning. <laughs> <clears throat> exactly, exactly. In the grand final, had seven goals. Come on now. Yeah, 
Oh, one team got six, but anyway, it is what it is. Well, boys and girls, thank you for tuning in. Um, thank you for watching live. Don't forget to hit that uh, like button, that subscribe button. And we'll be back very, very soon because I know that there's going to be a lot more going on. We've got a lot more content planned for the coming weeks. I'm hoping to make a major announcement in the next few days. I'm not sure if I can say anything. I, I can't actually because I've signed an NDA. But um, He's uh, a new manager. I'm going to, I'm going to leave... <laughs> Uh, well, God, well, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't bloody surprise me the way that things happen in Cyprus. But yeah, so boys and girls, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to follow Richard on Twitter. We'll listen to his podcast. It's absolutely top. And we'll be back very, very soon. Bamishilakamu. <laughs>